So today, please hear me as I stand before you for one of the last times. This message isn't anything that you haven't heard before. But my friends, these are the things that cannot be forgotten. They cannot be neglected. I mentioned a few moments ago that my goal each week has been to bring you into God's presence because it's in his presence that everything changes, that lives are turned around, that marriages are restored, and that bodies and minds are healed. It's in the presence of God that changes everything. And when we get our eyes off of our circumstances and we refocus on the, our attention on God, powerful things can happen. However, sometimes we get it all mixed up. So what if I told you today that today you can strengthen your relationship with God and not just on Sundays, but every day in doing that, he will help you get your priorities straight. How do you do that? Well, today, today my final sermon is called Keep the Main Thing the Main Thing. Keep the main thing the main thing. In other words, figure out what's the most important thing that we can do with our lives and let's do it. In Mark 12, Jesus is talking to some teachers of the law and they ask him, of all the commandments, what is the most important? And Jesus answered and said, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. And that is a key verse that we are going to focus on today. This might sound a bit familiar to you. You're like, hmm, I think I've heard that verse before. Yeah, that's like number one of our vision statement. Love God. Love God. With all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's all like implied. But love God. And that's what we want to do. We want to keep our focus on God. We need to love God with everything. And Jesus was reminding his listeners who were the Pharisees, the teachers of the law, the people standing around, he was, he was telling them, number one, love God. Love God. So I want to take apart this little, this little statement that Jesus made and that this was actually called the Shema. This, this was a... This was a teaching or a, a prayer that the Jewish people prayed two times a day. In the morning, they woke up and they said, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. Jesus is repeating that to the, to the teachers of the law, to the people there. So what does it mean to love the Lord without your heart? Well, we have a lot, we talk a lot about our heart. Um, it's the actual heart. Pete, you just had some heart surgery back there. So heart, our heart is a physical thing. Or there's the heart emoji. And it's like, I heart that all the time. Um, or it is something a lot deeper. It's not just a physical, it's not just a topical, but it is when Jesus was talking about our heart, he was talking about the very center of our being, our emotions, our will, our affections, our desires. The things that I care most about are close to my heart. My inmost and most honest and passionate feelings are deep in my heart. We feel hurt, 
betrayal, loneliness, fear in our hearts. And when we choose to sin, lie, steal, hate, be jealous, gossip, it comes from our heart. Jesus came to earth and he died to pay for our sinful hearts. You know, sometimes we have hearts that are, we just say, I just can't, it's, it's in my heart. But Jesus, Jesus came to pay for your heart. When we realize we need a savior, we can cry out like David, King David in the Bible in Psalm 51, 10 through 12 says, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. So how do I make God the center of all the things that I love in my heart? Well, you know, we have to give him our desires. <laughs> our desires, they can get a little twisted. We don't think about, you know, what, what is my desire? What is my desire? What is truly my desire? The desires that please him are the desires that I want to have. And I, I trust that when you're thinking, oh man, what am I truly desiring? What's in my heart today? You know, it's interesting. Every, every day, almost every day, almost every day, before I get out of bed, I say, God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. Oh, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. What would happen if every day before you got out of bed, you would ask the Lord to change your desires? That the focus of your mind, the focus of your heart would be something that would be pleasing to him. And if there was something in your heart that was not pleasing to him, he would change it. What would happen? Wow. It helps me to say it out loud every morning because, you know, sometimes, sometimes when we hear the words of God coming out of our mouth, it makes it a little more real. It makes it a little more real in our hearts. So I ask the Lord to help me nourish the good things and to reject the bad things. Nourish the good, reject the bad. I can ask God to shape my heart and help me reject what offends him and love what he loves. Um, Proverbs 4.23 says, Guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of your soul. So we have the heart. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. And we have love the Lord your God with all your soul. So let's talk about that soul for a minute. There are many opinions and thoughts about what the soul is. If our heart is the center of our affections, then the soul is our whole person or our inner being. This part of us that has always known that there's a God and that we need him. It's interesting, in Psalm 103, 1 through 5 says, 
Bless the Lord, O my soul, and let all that is within me bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, my soul. Forget not all of its benefits, because he, he forgives all of our disease. Are all of our sins and heals all of our diseases, redeems my life from the pit, crowns with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things, that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Do you know what your soul can cry out to God and say, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. I think we've sung a whole bunch of times from this from this platform, that, that very line, bless the Lord, O my soul. That soul, the part that is created for the image of God. 2 Corinthians 3, 17 and 18 says that God made us in his image, and he made us to be more like him. He's changing us, our desires, to be more like his. You know, sometimes you might get frustrated with some of the conversations that are shallow, full of meaning. You know, sometimes we, uh, sometimes we have these shallow conversations. And then sometimes the conversations get deep. We're like, ooh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, you desire a conversation of substance, and that has meaning. Um, when you have a conversation that's like, like that, it nourishes your soul. It nourishes your soul. Last Wednesday evening in Bible study, there were a, a bunch of us were sitting around tables, which I love. I love doing that. By the way, summer circles, that's going to be the whole conversations around there. But last Wednesday evening, we were sitting around the tables during Bible study, and we were talking about the life of Peter. We were discussing a passage of scripture and saying what we thought it meant and how we could apply to our lives. Now, I was sitting with this group of women who are amazing women and who had some insights that I hadn't even considered about. Like, What? That's awesome. I've been studying the Lord for a long time. But God, when he puts us together and we have these conversations of the soul, we have these conversations of the soul, he gives us new revelation. I love that. Now, how many of you like shallow conversations? They're okay. How many of you like a deep soul conversation? Nobody. Okay, some people do. Yes, yes. Uh, you know, when we have soul conversations, that connects us, right? It helps us. It motivates us. It gives us just a little bit more spring in our step. A little more spring in our step. Um, so, yeah, we, uh, we did that. And, and sometimes, 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 and Laura referred to this actually this morning already, but she says, sometimes when we come to church, we have some pretty heavy issues. And we have some dirt in our soul. And we're like, I really shouldn't be here. I really, I can't even relate to these people. But you know what? You're in the perfect spot. You're in the perfect spot because when God is in the house, he cleans our dirty souls. And he helps us and he changes us and he gives us motivation and he... And our desires become his. And he helps us every day with every one of those steps. Um, we share our burdens. We pray for each other. We have productive conversations. We are able to meet on a whole different level right here than where we're at the grocery store. There's a lot different level we can do. And, uh, you know, sometimes we feel like we're too messed up. You're in this perfect spot for messed up people. 
because personally, I got messed up pretty taken care of, you know? So we all, we all have messed up. We all do messed up every day, everything. We struggle, but God is here, and he helps us, and he helps us. Um, when we choose to come into God's presence, our souls are refreshed. There's a verse in Psalm 42 that says, as the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with my God? And guess what? Here you are, meeting with your God, praising our God, praying to God, listening to God's word. And when you walk out those doors, you are refreshed and you are revived because you've been with God. How cool is that? So, but it doesn't have to wait for Sunday and Wednesday. You can refresh your soul every day. You should refresh your soul every day. Spend time with the Lord. Spend time in his word. Spend time in prayer. Spend time with the one who knows you on the molecular. He knows you from the very center of yourself. He knows your every thoughts, every desires. Um, the, when, I was, when I was preparing this, yesterday, I tell you what, I was in turmoil. Because the enemy was throwing everything at me. He's like, but you have this, and you've done this, and you did this, and you thought this, and this is, and, you know, for a few minutes, I was letting him beat up on me. And then I read these verses, I'm like, no, no, bless the Lord, oh my soul, let all that is within me bless his holy name, as the Dear pants for strength. You know, and using some of these scripture verses, and we're just like, no, no, you are not going to beat up on me today. But why? Because I refocused that. I refocused that, and I didn't let him mess with my mind. Because when we love God with our heart and our soul and our mind, we're using the mind that God gave us, we're using our mind, he can refresh us with his promises. Philippians, one of my favorite verses. You guys know that. Philippians 4, 4, 6 through 8 says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace that passes all understanding will guard your heart and your mind. In Christ Jesus. Because whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy. Think about those things. Now, I don't know about you, but when you, that's pretty all encompassing. True, righteous, noble. Excellent, praiseworthy. Okay, he's redirecting us, right? He's redirecting our mind. He's redirecting us because he wants you guys and you guys to have minds that are focused on him. Now, sometimes we put stuff in our minds, right? Do we put stuff in our minds that's not of him? Sometimes we go there, don't we? 
And it doesn't have to be like oh, the really, really, really bad stuff. It's just the stuff that's distracting. The stuff that is maybe even takes your eyes off of the good and puts it on the bad. Um, sometimes we get frustrated and wonder why we cannot control our minds. But my, my question I want to pose to you is this. What are you putting in? What are you putting in? What book are you reading? What show are you watching? What are you listening to? What music are you listening to? Because you know what? Whatever you're putting in, is that's what you're dwelling on. Is it true and righteous? Is it noble and good? Um, Romans 12, 2 encourages us, do not be conformed to be the, in the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, his pleasing, and his perfect will. You know, when we're transforming our mind, and it's not, I think, you know, sometimes we go, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. And we can't. We can't by ourselves. We can't, we can't go there. But by the power of the Holy Spirit and by the transformative power of what God wants to do in your heart and your mind, as you're coming from, so this is kind of a sequence if you think about it. It's a sequence. We're first, first, we're loving God with our heart, which is like super deep. And then our soul, which is kind of all-encompassing the rest of what's deep inside. And then our mind, our mind, our mind, your mind. How can you love God and renew those thoughts? Take time again in God's word. You take time in God's word and you learn to do what it says. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, but do what it says. That says in James. Jesus told his disciples on the last night he was with them. Kind of an important time when you're going to give your last thoughts. John 14, 15 says, if you love me, you'll obey what I command. Do you know, God has a bunch of things that he's given us. Not like a list of to-dos. Because sometimes we think of, oh, if you love me, obey what I command. And commands are, it's like, okay, you shall not and you shall. But do you know what? When we do stuff the way that he asks us to do it, it's a whole lot easier. It's a whole lot easier. Life kind of flows a lot better when we're doing what he commands us to do. Um, when my kids were at home, which they're not living with me. Well, Nathan will be living with me shortly, but uh, uh, they're not at home right now. And so they, <clears throat> this was kind of a real thing. Remember, if you love me, you'll obey what I command. Sometimes they thought that the things that I asked them to do were negotiable. I don't know if any of you guys have kids that thought that, that they, had a, they had an opinion about whether they were going to make their bed or do the dishes, or mow the lawn, or do anything. And you know, when, when us as parents, we usually have a pretty good reason. One, tidiness of the house, keeping, you ate the food, you can, you can clean the dishes. Um, but you know, when we, when we sometimes view the things that the Lord says to do as negotiable, are we doing the same thing? 
Are we doing the same thing? Are we saying, well, hmm. Time in your word? I'd rather not. I got other things to do. Talking to you, God? Well, you might tell me something I don't want to do. Renewing my mind, watching what I'm what I'm watching what I'm watching, if you want to call it that. What would happen if what God asked us to do, we actually did? Wow. What God asked us. <clears throat> so, how do you spend your time? How do you spend your time? Are you living for yourself? Do you consider others? Do you take time to actively prefer what God has asked you to do? Actively prefer. Not just, well, okay, fine. Is there something that this is this this, this one this one might this one might sting a little bit. Is there something that he has asked you to do, God has asked you to do, that you are ignoring or making excuses for not doing? Active obedience. Is there a bad relationship that needs to be cut off? Or something you're holding on to that's keeping you back from loving God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind? Are you holding bitterness or forgiveness in your heart? Our physical strength is something we take for granted until it becomes limited. But could that be true with our spiritual strength as well? If we are loving God with our heart, our soul, our mind, and now our strength, are we strong? Are you strong? Strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord and His mighty power. Is it possible to love the Lord with all of our strength without throwing that throttle ahead and saying, God, I am all in. Whatever it is, whatever it is that you have called me to do, I am all in. <clears throat> Excuse me. But why would we ever do that? Well, because God was pretty all in for us. You know, he sent his son Jesus to die for you. He sent his son Jesus to pay the price for your sinful heart, for your sinful attitude, for the things that separate us from God, the consequences are too great. But Jesus came, and he came so that we don't have to pay the consequences for our sins. He came so that we could have relationship back with the Father, but we have to turn from our wicked ways. We have to turn away and say, God, hmm, my heart is yours. Take it all. Because Jesus, the Son of God, was all in for us. He gave himself as that perfect sacrifice. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. His strength, his everything was laid down so we could love God with all of our heart, our soul, our mind, and our strength. But just before Jesus died, rose again, and ascended, he told his disciples that we needed to wait for the Holy Spirit, that they need to wait for the Holy Spirit today. Do you know today is Pentecost Sunday all around the world? Pentecost Sunday, 50 days 
after Jesus died and rose again. We celebrate Pentecost. Now, what's that all about? Pentecost Sunday is when we celebrate that the Spirit of God fell on 120 believers and their lives were radically changed because God's Spirit now was dwelling inside of them. And we can have that opportunity too. This power from God, he extended from those Christians to every one of us. We can be filled with the Spirit. We can be filled with the Spirit. We need to be filled with the Spirit to have that power, those power tools, if you want to call it that. Um, <clears throat> sorry. Um, you know, we can function on 110 power or we can function on 220. Now, I'm, a, I'm not an electrician, mind you. All right. I am also, but, but I do know this. I do know that God has given us power. He's given us his spirit, but then he's given us the extra dunamis power of the spirit, the extra power that we need to live godly lives, that we need to grow in him, that we need for the power to witness. Do you know what? We need that extra power. We need that extra power every day. Matter of fact, I think uh, in, in, in August, we're going to have a an encounter here, a Holy Spirit weekend where we're going to spend time marinating in the presence of God. We're going to be marinating in the power of God. We're going to be marinating in all of the things that he has called for us to do as believers, strong, powerful, godly, life believers. He's a very present help in time of trouble. He's with us every day. You know what? That's nothing that we can take lightly. If Jesus walks with us, I don't know where I'd be if Jesus wasn't walking with me every day. Every day. So what would happen if we became people of the main thing? And that main thing is to love the Lord our God with all of our heart and our soul and our mind and our strength. This is God's desire. Would the worship team come, please? This is God's desire. He wants us to be the main thing. Yeah, that was worship team. Yep. Um, in Matthew 6.33, we find one more verse. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. That context he was talking about, why are we worried about the things, our food, what we're, where we're going to live, all these things. But seek first God's kingdom. God's kingdom, God's glory. The thing that he has called us to do is to keep that main thing, the main thing, and today, today, I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. It's my last time, guys. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, 
your strength, everything that is in you, bless his holy name. Keep it the center. Keep it the center of yourself. Now today, I'm going to talk to two different people and two, two different sets of people. Some of you may be saying, wow, I've never even heard of that main thing. I've never heard that I could love God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. I've never heard that Jesus paid the price. And you know what? Today, you can meet the one who died to pay the price for your sins. He loved you so much. So I'm going to pray with you. But first I want to find out, is there anybody that would raise your hand and say, that's me? That's me? I need God. I need God in my life. Kind of screwing it out myself. Thank you. I want to make God the center. All right. We're going to pray. We're going to pray with the two, the three that have said, you know what? My heart is evil and wicked. <laughs> but Jesus, but Jesus paid the price. So, Lord, today, Today I pray for those who have never accepted you in their heart down to the core of their very essence, the core of their being. And God, we just pray and we thank you that you sent Jesus to pay the price the price for our redemption, our salvation. That today is a day of change, of turning around because we acknowledge that you paid the price and we don't have to. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. My second call is to all the rest. If you can hear me right now. How are you going to make Jesus the main thing? How are you going to love the Lord your God with all of your heart and soul and mind strength better today and tomorrow and this week than you have before. And so would you stand your feet, please? I'm going to have the worship team sing My Heart